What's going on there, youth pastors? Paul Turner here from the thediscipleproject.net. You're with the unit with another episode of the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. How are you today? And because I know you're asking, Paul, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a busy couple of weeks. Uh, I have taken over some roles and responsibilities uh, to help my in-laws uh, and take them on some visits to the doctor and so forth. And uh, it's really quite the privilege for me. Um, some people see that maybe as a interruption to their lives, but I don't see it that way. I see it as a privilege and I see it as a, uh, as a way to give back. Both my parents, uh, sad story, uh, both passed away when I was younger. So I did not have the opportunity to kind of see them through their lives. Uh, but uh, I'm able to do that with my in-laws, and it is a privilege uh, that I see as a gift from God, really, uh, where he's given me an opportunity to minister to aging parents that, uh, that I did not get that from my own life. So, But anyway, a little bit of insightfulness there. If you're brand new to the podcast, sometimes you'll get some insightfulness <laughs> from this show, and I hope to continue to do so. Uh, but I also like to welcome in the new people. If you're brand new here to the podcast, thank you so much for being a part today, giving me your time and your attention. And uh, if you're a regular, as always, appreciate you being here. Uh, a lot of you listening out there, you're listening from all over the world, you're listening from all over the country, and I am grateful uh, for, for all of you. So I had my first student-led youth meeting. I've been at the church I've been at right now for about, oh, about 10 months. And uh, I gave responsibilities away uh, to see if they could just run the youth meeting. And it's not a big youth group. It's only maybe, you know, eight, you know, students who are regular. We had 12 this past week, so that's pretty good. And uh, the students did a great job. Uh, had students share the word, do the announcements, play the game, which, by the way, if you follow me on Instagram, you will see that I, um, uh, I incurred the wrath of my own game. Uh, based on these, these what we call suspicious liquids, uh, and I had to drink one of them. And uh, you can, if you'd really like to see that, just go check me out over there on uh, on Instagram at the D Project. I'll put a link in the show notes there, and you can see my uh, great reaction uh, to drinking this meat seasoning, which was like 80% salt just shut my throat down <laughs> you can hear students as i'm leaving the room i heard them saying oh no oh no we broke paul we broke him and uh <laughs> my th my throat was closing up i couldn't breathe wow yeah i'm not doing that again it was awful it was a terrible idea but i did it i did it because i had to i still i had to have some street cred so there I am in the mix. This episode is the third part in a series that I'm doing called The Process. And uh, it's based on a series that I have written for youth, a series of messages uh, that take the uh, blacksmith role in processing metal and forming and shaping it. And I've already done the fire of youth work, the hammer of youth work, and this is going to be the water of youth work. And I put it in the context of you first, the youth worker, because of you, the youth worker, are not being shaped and formed. It's very hard to shape and form uh, young adults and uh, teenagers. So it's really important to uh, observe our own discipleship journey. And uh, in light of that, uh, being able to help shape and form uh, young adults based on our experiences uh, with the Lord and how the Lord is shaping us. Now, before we get into that today, if you are interested in getting the first lesson 
of the process series. I'm going to put a link down in the show notes and you can, all you have to do is sign up for my newsletter, the youth ministry roundup, and you will get a free lesson. And if you enjoy the free lesson, well, then you can go ahead and get the rest if you want, and then be able to teach a series with your students about discipleship and about the process that we all go through uh, in following the Lord. So to recap, before I jump into this series, we talked about the fire of youth work, which is the trial and tribulation of life and of ministry that never goes away because it seeks to continue to drive us to the altar and to the throne of God in prayer, in desperation. And uh, that's its goal is to do that because otherwise we would become prideful and we would, uh, we would not pay attention to the Lord as much as we should. And then the part two that I did was the hammer, which is once that metal and our lives are on fire from tribulation, then God uses his word to shape and form that metal and start to change the look of the metal to where it's starting to be formed and shaped into something. And then there's the third part of the process, uh, which blacksmiths call quenching. And the quenching is where the hot metal is plunged into the water to prevent brittleness uh, and breakage. And in the life of a believer, I believe this part signifies baptism. And I don't think this is just a, a symbolic act. It, it's not just a symbolic act. We know what baptism is, and we know what it means. We know that it means to be buried with Christ. We know that it means to be risen up into new life. But I also think it has a part in the life of the youth worker where the water comes in is that we are a part of that baptism. We're a part of baptizing students uh, into the faith and into our churches. And so the water of youth work is just not the act of baptism or even the symbol of baptism, but it is the work that you and I do that surrounds baptism to make that a significant part of the new believer's life to avoid brittle and breakage, especially in the the life of a new believer. So I really do believe in a spiritual quenching. And I believe that Three things are accomplished when new believing students are baptized. I believe there's boldness through their confession. I believe there's security of community and the joy of accountability. So let's talk about the boldness of confession. John the Baptist baptized anyone who wanted to be baptized, which flew in the face of Jewish law, where a type of baptism or ritual cleaning was used uh, for those who were new to Judaism or as a way for those who had been defiled, touching a dead body, etc., could be made clean. John's baptism was for those who needed to repent. And it takes guts to say, I'm wrong, I'm a sinner, and I need to stop doing the wrong way. Baptism was public in the Jordan River, and everyone could see the commitment you were making. And for a teenager, doing anything that could bring attention to them in a negative way is scary. Now, you wouldn't think that based on all the, all the videos you see on TikTok. You know, for a teen to make a video and post it is, it is daring because they're saying, look, I'm here. And in the same way, baptism is saying, I'm here, I believe. Baptism has long been called an outward act of an inward change, and it still is. But we, as youth pastors, should encourage teens to be bold in their faith, and baptism is a very good step to that. 
And the second thing that I believe the water of youth work accomplishes is the security of community. See, when I was baptized the first time in a Catholic church as an infant, I, I had no idea what I was committing to. I, I had no idea that my, what my parents were expecting of me, you know, or what the church was expecting of me. And the second time I was baptized, I was baptized on the beach in the ocean with just a few counselors from the camp that I was serving. And even though my baptism wasn't at a church, I was surrounded by believers and they rejoiced in my act of spiritual growth. And although this act was, was a, seemed like a whim, uh, it wasn't. It was really done thoughtfully and carefully. I was simply asked, would you like to be baptized again? And I said, yes, I would. And so went to the beach and did that. And I have to tell you, I felt a lot like the jailer uh, who imprisoned Paul or maybe the Ethiopian that Philip baptized because they said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? You see, we're not just baptizing teens uh, into faith, but into community. And as youth pastors, we have to not only emphasize the act of baptism, the symbolism of baptism, but the opportunity of growing in community that baptism brings. And sadly, many new converts to Christianity are left to fend for themselves. Once they've prayed a prayer or gone to an altar or signed a card, baptism can be a powerful way to introduce new teen believers to the congregation and encourage the congregation to walk alongside of them in their journey. You see, I believe that if a young person or any person who is baptized but does not have a community around them that is committed to them and committed to encouraging new believers, be honest with you, it's just another cold ritual. Teens need to know people will walk with them post-baptism. You know, it's great for the Instagram. It's great for TikTok. But let me tell you something. Behind those scenes, I hope and pray that people are actually walking with students and helping them and encouraging them walk out their faith. Our desire should be for students to publicly declare their faith in a loving environment of believers so as to solidify their connection between themselves and the body of Christ. With a steady departure of teens from the faith, Baptism can strengthen their faith and should strengthen their relationship within the body. And the third and final element, I believe, of the quenching is the joy of accountability. As I said earlier, John was baptizing people in the Jordan River. This was a public act that hundreds of people could have witnessed. And the chances of seeing one of these people baptized in the marketplace was a real possibility. Being publicly baptized is an act of discipleship, which is to say, I am accountable for my faith. Accountability for those who have been baptized means using their gifts, serving others, loving one another, and this should be an accountability on both parts. The person being baptized should expect that the people that are witnessing their baptism, the body of Christ, are committed to these things, are committed to using their gifts, are committed to loving one another. And the people in the congregation, the people in the body of Christ, should then expect the person being baptized to use their gifts, serve others, be loving. And it is uh, accountability goes both ways. There should be mutual accountability between the body of Christ and the person being baptized. So let's try a little something here. Humor me here. Let's try a little, a little exercise. If you've been baptized, I want you to close your eyes for a second. Now go back to that moment when you were baptized. See the person you were baptized by and the congregation you were baptized in front of. 
did they live up to your expectations? Did you live up to theirs? You see, not everyone's expectations were probably met on either side. Our imperfection is a part of being a part of the body of Christ. And that's why we need each other. Now I want you to think about the last student you baptized. How well did you prepare them for life in community? Was a sense of accountability instilled in them? How well was the body of Christ prepared to receive this new young person into their community? Lastly, think about the person you're going to baptize. Think about the person that is on the docket to be baptized in your church. How can you learn from the last baptism to this one? What will you change? How can you better prepare both sides to be accountable to one another? The water of youth ministry is to see that new believers do not crack in their faith just when they're getting started. Confession, community, and accountability is the road you prepare for every new believer entering into the body of Christ and the path you create for the body of Christ to embrace the new believer. And that is it for today, guys. I want to thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part. As always, you're welcome to drop your feedback to me. You can send me an email to thedisciplesproject at gmail.com or you can just send me a text to 205-260-7229. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, if nobody has told you lately that you're doing a good job, well, let me tell you, you're doing a good job and you're just going to get better. Keep working, keep training, keep praying, keep following, keep trusting, and keep loving students. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode.